0: Did the Indians win the pennant again? Um, that's that's a story for another day, but uh, hello again, folks. This is another edition of Ocean State Sidelines. Uh, I'm Brendan McGear, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times Soccer Call, once again joined by Will Gagan, sports editor of The Independent, and we're here to talk about the book, Summer Baseball Nation, out in stores right now. I have my copy right in front of me, and uh, Will... Just uh, I guess to start out with, does it feel like to be a published author?
1: <laughs> it,
0: it's pretty cool,
1: no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, it was kind of crazy. It still doesn't doesn't even feel that real, even though I, I have held the books in my hand. Uh, it was uh, pretty cool when the books actually arrived. You get a as, a, as an author, you get like a big box. Uh, I don't know, twelve books, something like that. Um, so that was pretty neat. Uh, and I've signed a few for. Uh, for some family members, uh, which is pretty cool, and yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun.
0: I get you know this is a, a project that you've been working on for you know quite a while. Just you know start go, go timeline wise. Uh, when did this kind of come to fruition, and uh, you know how long did it take before the finished product uh, went to the press?
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a long process. Um, so I mean, I had the idea oh, quite a while ago, and then the summer of 2016 was when I did all the travel and kind of embarked on the journey of these, uh, the nine days in the wood bat leagues. Um, And then after that, it was, I still had to find a publisher, to find an agent. So that took some time, still write the thing (laughs) 70,000 words. Um, So it was, uh, yeah, it was a process and then hooked on with the university of Nebraska press who puts out a ton of good baseball books every year. Kind of their, it's one of their things, uh, one of their areas of, Expertise, I guess. Um, so I was really excited to join that uh, that uh, catalog there of baseball books, and uh, yeah. So you know, hooked on with them, and then there was a you know, process of editing, and uh, you know, going back and forth on a few things, and uh, finally, I think October of twenty eighteen, I submitted my kind of final manuscript, and then. You know, they came back a few months later with uh, with the edited version and i green like that so it was uh, fun finally got the page proofs in uh, I think December, and then we were ready to rock and roll, so it was printed in uh, in February and March The inspiration for this uh particular project
0: uh you know I, I was you know reading the the uh, book. You know, just talk about, you know, your family's connection to the Cape Cod League and how uh, every summer it could seem like you, your family made a priority to go out there and uh, check out some uh, collegiate baseball out there.
1: Yeah, that's uh, for as long as I can remember. I think I probably saw my first baseball game there. Um, but yeah, for those who don't know, I, I'm a native Kentuckian, grew up in Louisville, uh, but my parents were both from Boston. And so every summer they kind of initially was to visit their parents and then, just became a tradition of, uh, we would go to Cape Cod every summer for, I think it was a week starting out when we were, when my sister and I were little, and then two weeks after that. Um, and, you know, every summer we we went to Cape League games, especially as I got older and I got more interested in baseball. My dad was a big baseball fan. So a lot of games at uh, Veterans Field in Chatham, the Chatham A's, now the Chatham Anglers. And uh, yeah, that's really what kind of lit the spark for the whole thing. I just was always fascinated by by the quality of the baseball, by the fact that a guy I was looking at literally like 10 feet away from me and was getting his autograph after the game that four years from now, he was going to be in the major leagues. Uh, and I thought that was pretty cool. And, that you know, there's that community connection. It, it, the players feel close, but it's also this big-time baseball. Uh, it's kind of a unique thing, unique brand of baseball, and I uh, wanted to highlight that. And uh, it's unique in the
0: sense that if you're a batter, sometimes you have to deal with the uh, lights that are flickering from the car out in center field and uh, the umpire asking those uh, people out there to please turn them off. Uh, the batter
1: uh, is impeded at the moment. <laughs> yeah, that was, always, that was always one of our favorite things in my family when they would have to do that, when they'd have to announce that. Um, it's just so funny to see these guys who go on to be MLB All-Stars, but they're having to step out, step out for a sec just because of that car up in center field. Uh, funny stuff kind of sums up the the whole uh, atmosphere of of Cape League games and of summer ball in general around the country.
0: Well, just in general about the uh, the the title, and you know, it's about college baseball players kind of keeping their skills sharp during the summer. It really, if you look at the whole college landscape, baseball is the only one that lends itself to this kind of opportunity. You really don't have anything for off season for football or basketball. So I think that's what makes this book so unique in the sense that it kind of picks up where the, the college season ends and these guys kind of, you know, scrambling to get to these places that they've committed Probably months in advance. A lot of the, uh, as you know, a lot of these rosters are put together during the winter months, and then all of a sudden they might find themselves in the College World Series out in uh, Omaha, and they got to get to Cardine's Field for a six thirty game, and uh, it's uh, it's quite remarkable in that regard where college baseball players still have a chance to stay sharp during the summer.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's you're right about that. I mean, basketball. Can you imagine, like, you know, guys from from Duke just playing somewhere in middle of nowhere in North Carolina in the summer. Like it just, it just doesn't happen. Uh, so, you know, same with football. So it is just, it's this unique sort of, sort of thing that I, and it, it, the history of it is interesting. Uh, a lot of these, um, you know, this happened basically because baseball is a spring season, but then there, there's a whole summer, uh, you know, baseball in college is a spring season, but there's this whole summer of, of opportunity and, and guys, you know, it's sort of, well, where do they play? They're, they want to play somewhere. Oh, they play in the amateur leagues to start. and They can't, you know, they can't you know, play beyond that if they want to retain their college eligibility. And these summer leagues kind of stepped up into that void and said, you know, we can, we can take advantage of this. And it just, you know, one after another sort of built on itself. You had the Cape League and the Alaska League, uh, sort of two of the pioneers, and they, they sort of ran with it. And then leagues have just sprung up all over the country around it because there are so many guys playing college baseball when you, when you factor in all the divisions that, and all these guys need a place to play. Um, so you end up with, uh, with these really kind of cool things. Like, uh, you know, Newport is, is featured in the book and Newport goals, playing at card Cardine's field, uh, a historic ballpark. And, and they get guys from UCLA and Stanford and Oklahoma state. Um, and that, that's where they end up spending their summer. And it ends up being a, you know, in, in a lot of cases, a crucial part of baseball journeys for these guys.
0: Yeah, you you touched upon Newport in the book, and uh, I'll uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But just as a personal anecdote on my end, I remember being an intern at the Newport Daily News back in the summer of 2002, and an individual by the name of Chuck Piva kind of led a young cub reporter down one of the streets to a clam bake that was being held because the Newport Gulls were taking on uh, Team USA, a group of collegians, the next night. And I'll never forget that from uh, – you know, Chuck Piva, he never met me. He kind of was used to dealing with uh, people like Rick McGowan, who was, uh, as we know, a legend in the Rhode Island sports field. Great but uh, you, you obviously uh, dealt with uh, Chuck Piva quite a bit for this uh, book. Well, just, uh, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, came in, it, it sounded like he didn't know what he was going into directly. He knew he thought it was going to be a, a couple months operation, but then he realized it, it's a year round commitment to make a. Newport,
1: one of the premier organizations in the NECBL. Yeah, at the time that the the goals moved to Newport, because they had been in Cranston, you know, the NECBL was sort of just building up and all these leagues around the country were just building up into what they are now. And uh yeah, he, he kinda hooked on as, oh yeah, I'll help out, I'll you see what I can do. He was a, a baseball guy, he'd been an assistant coach at Salve Regina, lived in Newport. And uh, yeah, lo and behold, it ends up a lot bigger than that. It's uh it's almost you know his life's his life's work outside of his actual work. Uh, he and a, he and some friends who are also you know baseball guys. They're they're kind of the ownership group, and they've created something really special in Newport. I mean, you know, two thousand fans uh, some nights. Uh, so successful. They've won all these championships, most in the NECBL. If you've never been to a game, a uh, goals game at Cardinals Field, uh, that should be on your list this summer for sure. Oh. Oh, I 100 percent
0: endorse that because uh, Cardians Field has so many uh, nooks and crannies, as you uh, described, uh, you know, down to the third baseline is America's Cup Avenue, which is really the, you know, the, the artery of uh, getting into Newport and yeah. so much to offer. And also, too, the little rivalry that they have with the Ocean State Waves, a team that you know very well uh, from covering them during the summer from your duties at the Independent.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, you know, the Waves are kind of the newer kids on the block after the Gulls have been sort of an institution, uh, they have a neat relationship. They, um, you know, the Gulls, uh, when they heard that, that there was a possibility of another team coming to Rhode Island, they said, absolutely. You know, let's, let's make this happen. Let's get a rivalry going. There have been, there had been another team in Rhode Island, uh, before the Riverpoint Royals, uh, McCarthy field and West Warwick. Um, but you know, the, there was a gap there where it was just Newport and, they saw it as a win-win uh, and it's really you know it's pretty cool stuff They the relationships between the front offices are good and uh you also see the teams uh, i know a few years ago they honored each other's season passes so you, if you had uh, a season pass for games at cardines field you could go catch the gulls waves game at old mountain field as well
0: and uh one of your trips led you out to uh,
1: alaska i believe uh well just uh, what was that experience like That was, uh, that was pretty wild. Uh, certainly one of the longer trips I've ever made. Uh, I think it was Providence to Detroit, to Seattle, to Fairbanks, Alaska. Uh, and out there they play the midnight sun game, um, which is exactly what it sounds like (laughs) in the summer in Alaska. The sun kind of sets, uh, stays down for like two hours, but the sky is still pretty bright. You get, still get the twilight, um, and they play baseball. Uh, they take advantage of that opportunity to play baseball in a game that starts at nine o'clock uh, local time. Um, so it's pretty neat um, just to see that it's like a bucket list kind of item, a uh, big crowd. And it's just, you know, you get close to midnight and you're looking at your, you're watching, you're like, man, this is, this is crazy. Even though you know that it's coming and you know, it's uh, that that's what the deal is. It's pretty cool to see in person. And that was, Probably my favorite stop on the journey, just because it was so interesting, so different than anything I had experienced before.
0: No, and you know, just as another personal note, I went out to Alaska to uh, Fairbanks and Wasilla in, in two thousand four with uh, the uh, rope, the uh, West War Post Two American Legion team. They actually, oh, had ex- right. they had an extra ticket and asked if I wanted to go and cover the games. And I said, "Sure, why not?" Sign me up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and just you know, the the you mentioned the daylight hours of uh you know it's still midnight and people are still playing baseball and you're thinking shouldn't we all be in bed but no there's still enough daylight to be out there how you know just unusual was that maybe sometimes being at the you know at a field at at ungodly hours thinking like i should be like home watching a baseball game on television but here they are these guys are playing and taking advantage of uh,
1: the additional daylight yeah and, and it was even weirder weirder um coming from the eastern time zone you know it was so, I mean, 9 o'clock Alaska time when that game started, it was like 4 in the morning in Rhode Island. So I was like, and, and that was, I think the, it was the day after I arrived there. I gave myself a little wiggle room. Um, so I was exhausted, but the sun is up and, and the, the game is happening. It's loud. I wasn't, I, yeah, I, was, I was exhausted theoretically, but I wasn't actually feeling tired at the game. It was pretty cool. And, and I think everyone who's a part of it knows it's pretty cool. Um, so they really appreciate it too.
0: One thing about these summer league teams, uh, well, you know, you, you talked about uh, guys who are coming from different parts of the country, and all of a sudden, maybe some of them are used to being rivals against each other, and all of a sudden, they got to find themselves their teammates, like catchers who, you know, were trying to maybe beat pitchers during the regular season. All of a sudden, their teammates. I think that's one of the more interesting aspects of the, the summer baseball, you know, realm because. So many of these guys, like maybe they don't like each other because you know they it's Oregon versus Oregon State, UCLA versus USC, and all of a sudden
1: we got to be on the same team together. Yeah, it's it's that's another part that's that's definitely different and unique. Um, there are rules with with the NCAA that says you can't have more than you know I think it's four, it might be five guys from the same college team on the same summer team. They don't want. They don't want just you know Oregon playing <laughs> playing a summer schedule, um, so that yeah it's uh, these these guys get spread out and they, they end up making friends with with uh, players that they may have gone against in the regular season and players they'll go against again the next spring. So it's cool to see. You'll see on Twitter a lot. I see this a lot with tape league teams. They'll uh, you know they'll they'll tweet out a picture in in May of you know, got two guys from North Carolina and two guys from Duke who were on the same summer team and they're playing against each other and they pose for a picture and they're all smiles. Cause he, you know, these guys make relationships in these. And even though it's a short amount of time, it's a kind of, you know, it, it's a galvanizing type of season cause it's so quick and it's every day and you're living with each other and you're spending social you know time with each other. Um, so it ends up even they may start as enemies, but I, I think it would be hard for most guys to not be friends by the end of it. And even to some of the,
0: there's been some success stories along the division three, you know, college uh, baseball level, those guys getting that opportunity to maybe get a chance to play on those teams. And, and like you mentioned in the book, some of those guys are fighting out for contracts and you know, I think after a certain date those contracts have to be guaranteed and for those guys that's a throw of a lifetime thinking, here I am, I might be playing at Rhode Island College for example, but uh here here I am I could be playing with guys
1: from uh you know, North Carolina and Duke. Yeah, that's especially true in the Cape League, um, where guys just they they need temporary players because the college season overlaps with the start of the summer. And then, you know, the guys will drop off because they threw a lot of innings or you know, maybe their draft status changes. And it gives guys an opportunity um, to, to you know, have a chance to play at a really high level, much higher than they play in the college ranks. And there are there are huge success stories from that um, of guys who've gone on to play in the major leagues. And, uh, you know, they were basically unknown before they showed up in the Cape League and got that opportunity. Just uh, we touched upon
0: Alaska and uh, the Cape and Newport. What were some of the other places that you went to uh, Will and uh,
1: discovered that you know college uh, baseball is alive and well in the summertime? Yeah, I uh, you know, went to a, quite a few places. So after Alaska, went to California. The Santa Barbara Foresters are a big team there. Really successful. Their coach Bill Pinter is uh, the active, believed to be the the winningest all time active coach uh, in summer ball. Uh, they win you know, pretty much every year. They win a lot of games, and they, they play in the NBC World Series, which is uh, for summer collegiate teams and semi-pro teams out in Wichita, Kansas every year. And the Foresters are kind of royalty out there um, for that. So, um, yeah, so the Foresters, and then Alaska, Newport, Cape Cod, went over to Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, the shores of Lake Michigan, for the to catch up with the Northwoods League. They were hosting the Northwoods league all-star game. And the night before that, which is what I went to, they had a home run derby where they uh, hit home runs into Lake Michigan, into Kenosha Harbor. That's cool. uh, Which was pretty cool. Uh, Pretty cool to see like 3000 people on hand. It was really, really neat. Really kind of like the midnight sun game where it was just, just something totally different. Never seen that before. And that's what the Northwoods league is all about. They're all about promotions and crazy ideas and just sort of, all about the fans, um, so that was pretty neat. And then went to Washington D.C. to catch up with the D.C. Grays of the Cal Ripken Collegiate League. Uh, They're a big community organization. They do a lot of, of charity work um, in the inner city of D.C. And the uh, the last trip was the Peninsula Pilots in Hampton, Virginia, uh, part of the Coastal Plain League. Another league that's really good uh, down south. Um, so that was a, that was a really fun stop as well.
0: You know, one of the other aspects of the uh, summer wooden bat league is the wood bat themselves. A lot of these college players are coming from using aluminum during the season. I, you know, just you know, from someone who has watched summer baseball
1: for as closely as you have, how big of an adjustment is that? Yeah, it makes a it makes a difference. I mean, I think it used to make more of a difference. A lot of times now, guys will uh, e- even in college when they're using metal bats, they they might take batting practice with wood. They might grow up playing some wood bat in in like AAU ball, so it's not quite as big of an adjustment in terms of just being used to it. But there's it is still like the fact of the matter you're swinging a wood bat, and so you see a lot of offensive numbers that aren't as good as what what happens in college. And pitchers love it because they're you know they're not you know if they, if they miss their spot a little bit and a, a guy gets you know, a little check swing, it's not not going to be a line drive into the outfield, which is sometimes can happen and uh, with the metal bats. Um, and then scouts, the, the one of the big reasons why summer ball has thrived so much is scouts really like the fact that, that they're using wood bats because it's a window into what these guys can do at the professional level, a window that they're not, the scouts aren't getting when these guys are playing college baseball.
0: Notebook is uh, complete without its fair share of characters and uh, at least for my personal benefit because I dealt with him, uh, John Schiffner, he's at the top of my list and uh, just – you know what was it like dealing with him, and uh, who, who are some of the other uh, memorable people you uh,
1: cross paths with as you uh, put this book together? Yeah, all the Cape League guys are—you uh, know—they're—they're they're baseball guys. Uh, you mentioned Schiffner, who's now retired, and, uh, manager of the Chatham A's, longtime manager. Um, you know, and, and these guys have been around a long time, and they—they they covet these positions and they're grateful because it's just what, what could be better than that—a summer on Cape Cod with. Uh, with some of the best players in the country. It's kind of a dream. So the other guy who I, I dealt with a lot on Cape Cod was Mike Roberts, uh, the Ketuit uh manager. And his son is Brian Roberts, former Baltimore Oriole uh, major leaguer for a number of years. Mike's a, an interesting guy. He uh, he teaches classes in the winter um, in sports management. He's been a college head, head coach. He works with the Chicago Cubs. Um, on, on a variety of like infield instructions, uh, base running instructions, things like that. So he's a cool guy. And then uh, the other guy who jumps out is Bill who I mentioned of the Santa Barbara Foresters, the all time winningest coach. Uh, just a, you know, really really cool guy. And and he he sort of institutes a style that you see a lot in summer ball, where it's a little more hands off than college baseball. I mean, he's letting guys call. He's letting catchers call pitches guy gets on base he's letting them steal a base uh they sort of take the reins off forcers end up playing really good baseball because of that sort of a a lesson there that sometimes that's that's the, the best way to play baseball is that you know being aggressive and that's what he's all about out there
0: as uh, so we record this on uh, Friday, March 27, it was supposed to be the day after Major League Baseball season opened. And, uh, you know, the timing of the release of your book, you know, couldn't work out any better initially. But uh, I'm sure you have some things hopefully once uh, we get past uh, the coronavirus scare and uh, you can get some book signings out there. In the meantime, uh, you know, just talk about where people could uh, pick up this fine work.
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so, yeah, got some, got a few things in the works kind of on hold right now as we see what happens, hopefully getting to some games at Newport uh, and out in the Cape League at least, um, if Summer Ball ends up happening this year. Uh, beyond that, um, so you can find the book on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, um, any uh, local bookstores if you search um, for, uh, you, you can actually order online, uh, at IndieBound.org and uh you can also get it on the university of nebraska press website um, which is the the publisher of the book um so if you check out my twitter uh, and the the book's twitter at summer nine nation there's a a coupon code if you want to order it from the the press's website where you can actually get uh, a nice little discount so that's it i recommend picking this up uh you know uh,
0: get your baseball fix somehow and uh this is a great way to uh to pass the time as we wait for the real thing to return and Best of luck on uh, everything, Will, and uh, congratulations once
1: again. Thanks, Brendan. Appreciate it. And thanks, uh, everybody, for listening to me uh, wax poetic about summer It's What I do best. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, enjoy, and uh, we'll
0: be back soon with a fresh podcast, everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening.